As the death toll and injuries seen and unseen skyrocket across the world, Christians find themselves abandoned and under attack by their own churches because they refuse to be injected with experimental RNA bioweapons. Can the answer to stopping it be found in St. Augustine's Just War Doctrine? I'm Darren Kalama, and this is the First Bible Network. The latest news, history, and analysis from the perspective of the first Christians. Tune into the FBN Worldwide 24-7 radio stream. After more than a year of being locked down, herded, anti-social distanced, and forced to wear face diapers in a kind of bizarre humiliation ritual, Christians and the world population in general are starting to realize that forced injections, mandatory vaccinations using experimental RNA bioweapons, it's all happening. Until now, it's been a carrot-and-stick approach. Free donuts and Uber rides, some lottery tickets, maybe a hundred bucks, some likes on social media. Just get that shot. Get the shot and get some freedom back. Not all your freedom, mind you, but at least some of it. Now, this is no different from a hostage situation. Delta Airlines now requires all new hires to be injected before employment, and other companies are quickly following suit. Schools and universities are requiring the injection for enrollment. Even little kids, just children, are being bribed with ice cream, being told to sneak away from their parents and get the shot in uh, public playgrounds as police stand guard to make sure nothing gets in the way of that needle. The kids, like the adults, though, sometimes die immediately following the jab. Others are left paralyzed or suffer crippling conditions as a result. Tens of thousands of deaths, millions of adverse reactions are now on the books. These are just the ones that we're allowed to know about. The real numbers are far much worse. Worse, the ones that live then become super spreaders of mutant strains as their hijacked immune systems become factories creating deadly variants and they pass those on to everyone near them. Mothers are unwittingly even passing it on through their breast milk to their newborn babies, killing them. The fake plague has become a very real plague, and it's 100% by design, Talmudic design. The COVID agenda and the people behind it are satanic, and some Christians are tired of arguing about what is now apparent to everyone with eyes to see and ears to hear. These Christians say that now is the time for action. Now is the time, they say, to defend people and children from these Satanists and their bioweapons and biometric passports and control grids. Christians, though, are taught to turn the other cheek. But did you know they're also taught to defend life? Especially the lives of children and the defenseless. And defense of that life can and does involve killing, and what St. Augustine described as the just war doctrine. In fact, the Catholic Church's teachings are clear when innocent lives are at stake. According to the Catechism, legitimate defense can be not only a right, but a grave duty for one who is responsible for the lives of others. The defense of the common good requires that an unjust aggressor be rendered unable to cause harm. 
Now, for this reason, those who legitimately hold authority also have the right to use arms to repel aggressors against the civil community entrusted to their responsibility. And all Christians, regardless of denomination, share a belief in core tenets of faith and doctrine, and that includes the war and peace section and the basis of the social concept of the Russian Orthodox Church. The document considers the just war criteria as developed in Western Christianity eligible for Russian Orthodoxy, so the justified war idea in Western theology is applicable to the Russian Orthodox Church too. Now, that sounds good, but what happens when the church and governments abdicate that responsibility? What happens when there is no civilized institution to speak for the masses, to defend them from these satanic bioweapons and that agenda? Even the Vatican is pushing these injections, these fake vaccines that were tested and developed using aborted babies. This is not even in debate. It's a fact. And now some dioceses are requiring anyone who attends Mass to be vaccinated. Even worse are the evangelical churches, the hardcore Judaizers who have flung open their megachurches and are using them as giant vaccination centers. They're injecting people with abortion bioweapons as they wear a Hebrew prayer shawl and slither around the stage for the cameras. It's truly a demonic display that would have been unthinkable even a year ago. In Contra Fausta Manichaeum, Book 22, Section 69-76, through 76, St. Augustine argues that Christians, as part of a government, need not be ashamed of protecting peace and punishing wickedness when forced to do so by a government. Augustine asserted that this was a personal, philosophical stance. Quote, what is here required is not a bodily action, but an inward disposition. The sacred seat of virtue is the heart. Unquote. Nonetheless, he asserted peacefulness in the face of a grave wrong that could only be stopped by violence would be a sin. Defense of oneself or others could be a necessity, especially when authorized by a legitimate authority. Now, obviously, the Catholic Church as a governing body has abdicated its leadership role and will have to be replaced in this effort, but the tenets are still firmly in place. But as Christians, we have rules, moral guidance that must be followed before we can declare a just war. Let's take a look at what those conditions are according to St. Augustine. First, proper authority and public declaration. The principle of right authority suggests that war is just only if waged by legitimate authority. Such authority is rooted in the notion of state sovereignty. Now, in his Summa Theologica, St. Thomas Aquinas notes that to be a just war, War has to not only be declared publicly, but also must be declared by the proper authority. Proper authority is what differentiates war from murder. It is the rules of warfare that give the practice meaning, that distinguish war from murder and soldiers from criminals. A soldier is treated as a prisoner of war and not as a criminal because they are operating under the proper authority of the state. and cannot be held individually responsible for actions committed under the orders of their military leadership. Now, at first glance, this is probably the biggest obstacle to certifying the just war doctrine. But the mere 
absence of a state actor does not relieve us of our Christian duty to protect life from evil. The mortal sin of inaction in such a case remains. The state itself has been compromised by Satan, and thus this tenet is no longer applicable. The billionaires and corporations, or the 1%, a tiny fraction of the world population, are not state actors, yet they wield the power of same. Their apparent lack of traditional form and substance does not make their crimes and evil immune from the consequences and justifications of the just war doctrine. Number two, just cause. According to the principle of right intention, the aim of war must not be to pursue narrowly defined national interests, but rather to reestablish a just peace. This state of peace should be preferable to the conditions that would have prevailed had the war not occurred. Wars cannot be fought simply to annex property or install a regime change. Current doctrines of anticipatory self-defense or preemptive strikes sometimes associated with the Bush Doctrine, have challenged concepts of right intention and just cause. Right cause includes humanitarian intervention, particularly when actions shock the conscience, and such is the case here with these COVID bioweapons. The responsibility to protect covers more in-depth the nature of humanitarian intervention. Number three, probability of success. According to this principle, there must be good grounds for concluding that aims of the just war are achievable. This principle emphasizes that mass violence must not be undertaken if it is unlikely to secure the just cause. Number four, proportionality. The principle of proportionality stipulates that the violence used in the war must be proportional to the military objectives. This objective is meant to preclude scorched earth policies. Number five, last resort. The principle of last resort stipulates that all nonviolent options must first be exhausted before the use of force can be justified. Diplomatic options, sanctions, and other non-military methods must be attempted or validly ruled out before the engagement of hostilities. Further, in regard to the amount of harm proportionally, the principle of last resort would support using small intervention forces first and then escalating rather than starting a war with massive force such as carpet bombing or nuclear warfare. Now, we're seeing in some news reports that in recent meetings held by concerned Christians worldwide, it was agreed that all of these conditions have either been met or been exceeded. Do you agree that the conditions for just war have been met? Leave a comment below in the show notes. Now, in our next episode, we take a closer look at one of the Christian churches that's stepping in to take a leadership role and fight back. This church recognizes that there will be casualties and has promised the remission of sins for all those who take the cross, as well as ecclesiastical protection for their families and possessions just as Pope Urban II did right before the First Crusade. Those who completed the Crusade or died along the way were offered full absolution, and that will also be the case today. And all who died by the way, whether by land or by sea, or in battle against the Covidus and their Talmudic game plan, shall have immediate remission of sins. This will be granted to them through the power of God which is vested through the church. 
Now, we'll be reading the full statement from the church when it's publicly released on our next episode. We should note that, according to some reports, there will be a forthcoming seven-day cease-and-desist warning issued to anyone involved in the manufacture, transport, storage, and distribution of these experimental RNA bioweapons. But let's all pray that the people pushing this COVID genocide make the right choice and stop killing innocents and children. Legal experts say that stopping now may also mitigate their sentences at the upcoming war crimes trials for violations of the Nuremberg Code. I'm Darren Kalama, and this is the First Bible Network. The latest news, history, and analysis from the perspective of the first Christians. Tune into the FBN Worldwide 24-7 radio stream 